Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Ben Nelson. And we are sitting here live at Minio's Pizza in Allison Park. Uh, not too many folks out. I think the cold weather is perhaps keeping people inside. Or are they doing their Christmas shopping? It's a hearty bunch, yeah. You know, it's holiday season, so everybody's got to do what they got to do. I have to tell you, Edmund, I was just in Miami I see why people liked <laughs> I mean, it was blue skies and palm trees and 85 degrees, and we land back in Pittsburgh yesterday to gray skies and snow flurries. You know I'm from Tampa. I do, which is why I'm bringing up the yes. whole Florida thing to you. Uh, but you I, I stayed. You played for the Pittsburgh Steelers right. in the 1980s. Yeah. Yeah. And there was nothing that said you had to stay, yet no. here you are this many years later. You know what, Aditi, I like it here. I like the change of seasons. You know, I'm an army brat, so we lived all over. We lived in Europe for six years or so when Where I was in coming Europe? up. Germany, Munich, and Frankfurt. Did you watch the NFL game in Germany with special interest? Wasn't that unbelievable? Okay, so t- so my buddy Spiro Didis, who actually was is my broadcast partner, I was with him in Miami. We will mm-hmm. be together in Houston. Mm-hmm. He called the game for Westwood One Radio and said it was unlike any experience he's ever had. Yeah, the Germans are ultra polite, and they're a very uh, serious people about their sports. Like, they're very serious about it. But I could not believe, you know, the overabundance of energy for NFL football. I'm like, I'm thinking... This is a soccer country, but they were all over. And you know what? This is like the first game that I ever did in London, which is now, I guess, 11 years ago, maybe 10, 11 years ago at Wembley Stadium. Mm. The fans did not stop. It was like a soccer game. It was, oh. They sing the whole time, don't they? Yes. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? We have to do that over here. (laughs) If only. (laughs) If only. Okay, so you were proud to see that. Yeah, yeah. You know, the expansion of the NFL, I still wear the shield, as you well know. So, you know. The interest around the world, it's going to be global sooner or later, probably later than sooner. But I can see games being played overseas. How old were you when you lived overseas? I was uh, two to eight. So I came back speaking fluent German. Writing, reading, speaking. I can't speak a thing now. I can count. Seriously? You lost the whole thing? Everything. Every single thing. I remember watching the Flintstones in in German. German and understanding every word. When I was like oh, six, seven. Oh, such a shame. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I know. Imagine if you'd had a German teammate. Yeah. Yeah, we used to play against so you, all day. were you into football when you were a young child growing up in Germany? I mean, those are your formative years right there. So I'm the baby, so we had we were baseball guys. Okay. So they, my, my, both of my brothers played baseball, and they were hellacious athletes and home run hitters and whatever. So our first love 
was always baseball because of our dad. Okay. And then when we got over here, of course, you play baseball in the summer, but in Florida, it's 85 degrees in November, December, so you can play all sports all year round, and that's what we did. And we kind of, our size dictated whether we were going to play basketball or baseball or football. Were you always a defensive lineman, or at any point were you a skill position linebacker, player? Linebacker, man. I was a tight end and a <laughs> linebacker. I was all Western <laughs> Conference tight end. I had hands, Aditi, hands. Did you ever play? Did you ever have a trick play? Did you ever have a... I scored like on a 65, 70-yard play from a scrimmage, and here's how it In the National Football League? No, 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 no. In high school. Are you kidding? I I never touched it. Unless it was a fumble recovery, I didn't touch the ball in the NFL or college for that matter. But I tell you what, when I I went to Auburn, I was a linebacker for about five minutes. Okay. And they saw my size, (laughs) and they were like, no, 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 you go over here. And the next day, I was with the defensive lineman and stayed there ever since. Did you play 4-3 or 3-4 at Auburn? We were 3-5, and then we changed to 4-4. and then we went back to 3-5 when Pat Dye came in. That was my senior year. Okay. And so, you, and you always played outside. You always played end. I was a nose tackle. Oh, you were? I played, I played defense. Actually, if, you know, I was, I was a miscreant. I should have played defensive tackle in a 4-3 in the okay. NFL. Okay. But I was a hybrid guy, so I could go. I played every position along the defensive line, which is why I stayed seven years. Well, and that's part of it, right? Doesn't Mike Tomlin love to say that? The more you can do. Well, that's that's after my time. Chuck Noll used to say. <laughs> oh, so Chuck Noll. So Tomlin took that from Chuck Noll. The more you can do. Can you believe he did that? I wonder if he gives Chuck uh, kudos for that. Highly doubtful, right? Because it's all the Tomlinisms and that whole point yeah. of. But it is the truth. I mean, the more versatile you can be, the more you can offer. It's just like in baseball, a five-tool player. It's the truth. You're seeing it firsthand, right? Guys can run down and make tackles on special teams. Yep. And then that guy can come in and play wide receiver or play linebacker or whatever. If you can do two or three things and step in and play them at the highest level, you're going to stay around for a while. I've had a few games like that this year where a seeming starter in the secondary didn't get a jersey because he couldn't play second special teams. And they well, needed someone who had the versatility to do that. One of our best stories we have right here in Pittsburgh is James Harrison. You know, if Joey Porter doesn't get in a fight pregame right. in Cleveland, we never know the greatness of this guy who was just waiting in the wings. He was, what, a five-year veteran, six-year veteran at the time? Four well, or five he'd years. been talked up and down, talked his way out of Baltimore had, had and Pittsburgh. In Europe, and, Europe, uh, yeah. NFL Europe, right? Remember all of that? So he went through a lot. Then he got a shot, and it was like, oh, my God, where's this guy been? I mean, he was unbelievable in his career. You know, it's interesting. That was a meeting that we had with Mike Rabel earlier this year where he said, look, this is about a meritocracy. I don't care where you were drafted, if you were drafted, how much money you're making. And you earn your playing time based on what you give and how bought in you are. And he actually mentioned several players that had earned more playing time because of what they'd shown on special teams. Yeah, they need to learn that uh, that thing. I think they're going to learn it, too, in the NCAA. Once they learn that it's not about a donor son or whatever, but about the best guys that play the position. And I'm, I'm thinking that's going to be forced on them because now the players can go anywhere. Right. get paid, Ugh. and, you know, play the position that they want to play. And you're going to start seeing, you know, a little bit of a change. They were like, you know what, I think I better start playing the best people so that, you know, usually a large SEC team can put anybody out there almost and just dominate them. I, I, well, it's interesting you say that because I was also just with Jalen Waddell and we were talking about that Alabama team, and my goodness. But before we get to any of that or before we go down the rabbit hole that the NIL is, although I will tell you this, I think this is why David Shaw left Stanford. 
because Stanford was never going to engage in that big money NIL stuff. Yeah, it's a hard and lesson. How could they'll learn. <laughs> they'll, yeah. they'll engage sooner or later. You know, there's a lot of this in college. You know, the uppiness, you know, the Notre Dames, the Stanford. Oh, we pull it off. We can't possibly do that. Are you crazy? <laughs> but when you want to compete and you keep losing games, suddenly, all of a sudden, your mind changes. But isn't there a piece of you that sort of feels relieved that you weren't a part of that? I mean, that's the conversation I had with Kenny Pickett. We were talking about Jordan Addison, the Boletnikoff winner, yeah. going on to USC, right. where allegedly he's getting more money at USC than George Pickens, the Steelers' second-round pick, is getting here right. this year. And Kenny actually said that he's glad that he doesn't have to deal with all of that because it does feel a little wild, wild westy. I will say that. I'm all for the wild, wild west. Pay those guys. My problem with it coming into it was the equity of it all. Sure. But they seem to have figured it out, you know. The big players are going to get the big money, and everybody else, hey, you know, sucks to be you, but this is kind of the way it is. That's kind of the way it is in life, Aditi, you know. So you got to learn how to compete, learn how to get better. And, uh, you know. And earn your way, I what guess. What type yeah. of money you're going to make has a lot to do with how good you are. So you're going to strive to be the best player that you can possibly be. Well, we're certainly going to talk about this year's Steelers team. Mm. But is it true? I don't know if our listeners know this or not. Edmund Nelson is now an insurance agent. No desire to retire? You're still working uh, at that? Only 33 years in counting. I'm getting Which close. Which is seriously. I'm getting close. How'd you get into the insurance business in the first place? You remember the Steelers' uh, tight ends coach, JD, uh, James Daniel? Yes, remember of him? course. James was getting into uh, the NFL and he was recruited by an agency manager from State Farm. Okay. And he says, you know, I don't want And I, I had run into James my last year. Uh, I had left here, and I was down in New Orleans. And he kind of knew after I left New Orleans, I played a year in New England, and my career was over. And he says, you know what, I'm going to pursue this NFL coaching thing. Okay. But you might want to call Edmund because I went to Auburn, and this was a guy from Alabama. And one thing led to another. He says, well, yeah, yeah, why don't you go ahead and take the test up there? There's an aptitude test, you know, you have to take. So took that, passed it with flying colors, and he says, okay, you want to come down here and train? I'm like, no, I think I'm going to stay right here. And one thing led to another. I went out on a, um, uh, an appointment with a guy that I eventually wound up taking his agency because he oh. left. And we all I did, this guy was going running around the house and doing the quote, and all the guy wanted to do was sit there and talk to me about football. The guy says, well, here's what the quote is, sir, and blah, 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 and it's going to be this, that, and the other, and sign right here. He says, yeah, yeah, okay, write it up. Now, Edmund, now back in 1984. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny how it always works out that way? Yeah, yeah. Well, do you enjoy it? Lesson. Do you like talking about football when people ask you? Uh, not so much now. Okay. I used to, you know, I used to. I mean, it gets, I mean, I'm, I'm in my 60s, man. I'm not, you know. But isn't that when you want to relive those glory days? I do I don't this podcast. With, anything. Oh, yeah, really? No, I'm good. <laughs> it's fun. I do this podcast with the Hall of Fame, and it feels as if the Hall of Famers are way more into telling stories now than perhaps they it's were the when. It's the stories that are the interest. I'm not so, so interested on getting heard as much as I am sharing some of the funny things that happened to me while I was out there. Because people would never believe it. You know, right, some so of the well, stories that you've heard, I better something else. Well, then when we come back, we'll certainly get into that. But I keep teasing this. You're also working as a uniform inspector for the National Football League. And is it true I don't get to ask you about some of the crazy things? It's They frown on, you know. I'm but come on. If there's some silly stories. 
I mean, certainly <laughs> you've had players that you've said, hey, you need to take those cleats off, or you've seen some absurd things. Almost every game. Almost every game. And, and really Antonio Brown was Oh, the and there's best. a guy who was a great violator right there. Oh, yeah. Some of those guys don't Beckham. care. They make so much money. It's just like whatever. Just, you know. You started with me. Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown was a violator, a Chronic. repeat offender. Chronic. And didn't care all at all. The time. He, he tried not to care, but when we threatened one game to take him out of a game. And what yeah, was the violation that you would threaten uh, to take, take him out? Tribute shoes. Matter of fact, one of your cohorts came up to me with his mic underneath his armpit. And he was talking to me about it. And I had seen him on the sidelines, but I didn't know that he was with CBS sideline. And he came up to me and he said, so they were talking about it. They talking about his shoes. And they were like, oh, man, not a violation, whatever. So he has his mic under here, whatever. And I can't see the CBS logo. Under his arm, to those of us yeah, listening so, at home. So he's talking, and I think he was live. And, no. And then when he, we got there, I said, yeah, that's a violation. We're going to have to take him out. I'm thinking there's some guy on the sideline. He says, well, I'm so-and-so from CBS. I'm looking at him like, really, dude? Oh, I'm no. like, you know what? You need to back off. <laughs> Wait, but I do remember a time when the team was allowed to wear Ryan Shazier tribute shoes. So if there's Those are special permission. types. Yeah, well, what happened to him was a, a shame. So, yeah, it was very difficult not to, you know, allow the kids to tribute to Ryan Shazier. He's a great guy. Well, all right. And we'll come player. back and perhaps we'll get – he is a great guy. When we come back, maybe we'll get a few more stories out of you, uh, some of the funniest things that perhaps you've heard, and we'll do some storytelling sure. about when you played. Sure. At 93.7 The Fan, Twitter is brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Peters Township, or you can visit them online at southhillsjeep.com. Please come back and join us as Edmund Nelson and I talk a variety of different things live from Minio's in Allison Park. And come out for some pizza. It's the best pizza in town. Mm. Back with Edmund Nelson, who I think is taking a selfie I as am. I talk. I wow. Am. You know, I'm terrible <laughs> at selfies. I will say that. Anybody who has any questions, you can text us on the Edgar Snyder and Associates fan text line at 412-928-9370. Edgar Snyder and Associates reminds you to text responsibly. Or you can just come down to Minio's in Allison Park where Edmund Nelson is listening to his doctor and being very careful what he Did eats. Did you see what I had? I didn't see what you had. Yeah, I had a you bowl kind of, of soup. And that's it? That's you know, Dom Zarancini is now. famous at Minio's. <laughs> I will tell you this. There has not been a player yet, other than Larry Ogunjobi, mm-hmm. who also is very, very careful about what he eats. There has not been a player who has joined me yet that has not absolutely loved the Arancini. Well, you probably have a bunch of little guys that come in here and do that for the most part. But I can tell you, if I were playing now, I would be very, very strict with my diet. Like, I'd have a dietician preparing every single meal. And you know who was like that was Antonio Brown. He wouldn't oh. touch anything anywhere. He'd have this food bag. Chef. He had Chef dry. Nico. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and that just tells you how fine-tuned some of these guys' engines are. Where, when you've got it that way, or if you're a big guy, you need to control your weight. But you want to have the right nutrients and stuff. I mean, doesn't it make sense? So, Max Crosby of the Raiders is on as strict of a diet as possible. Mm -hmm. Has a nutritionist slash chef that prepares every single meal for him. He is so careful. And again, treats his body, just as you said, as a fine-tuned machine. 
except come Sunday night post game, that's his cheat day. What? And sometimes it's McDonald's, and sometimes it's steak, and sometimes uh. it's pizza, and he just goes nuts, and that's his yeah. day to let loose. You know, I don't know if I could even do one day because I could drink a glass of water and gain 15 pounds when <laughs> I was playing. So it's just, <laughs> I'd have to stay pretty strict. You know, it's funny watching these guys, watching these offensive linemen slim down. These Joe Thomas and Al- and Fanica, and you don't even recognize them. amazing. Yeah, he was amazing. But you know what I love about Fanica is when he finally got into the hall, long overdue, he wanted his bust not to look like him now, but look like him when he played, which was with the sloppy hair and the big face. Oh, yeah, you don't know this. I did not know that. That his bust looks like him back in the day, not like the svelte wide receiver looking fellow <laughs> that he is now wide doesn't he look receiver. like a wide receiver now he does he slimmed down he looks great i mean it looks like he's ready for the long haul and that's what you need to do get yourself ready for the long haul and live your life man enjoy your family i saw al villanueva this weekend our old friend and i did not recognize him he's that lean and it's really? funny yeah oh he's so lean dave DeCastro is leaned out marquise pouncey you'd not you long for that offensive line no offense to the current offensive lineman, but I guess we're not in a participation trophy society. You can say that. So you long for that offensive line, but I'll tell you, yeah. having seen all of them, you can suit any of them up at offensive line today. Their, their days are done, right? They're nice, skinny They're little guys. They're so skinny, it's unbelievable. Yeah, well, they could, the Steelers could use a little bit of offensive line help for sure right now. But, you know, I watched that game last night, and Aditi, I got to tell you, the expectations are way too high for what they were going to be going through this year. And as soon as you saw Trubisky go, wasn't going to be the guy, and now you had to put the young stud in there, you know he's going to have growing pains. So, and, and I've talked to people, I'm sure you have too, where you hear like these people think, well, he's supposed to be the second coming. Well, he, he still might be, right. but it's not going to be this year. <laughs> you know what? I just I think that there is always a disproportionate credit or a disproportionate blame on the quarterback. No I think about. for a young man. I mean, let's go to that two-point conversion last night. That throw to George Pickens was a big-time throw. And not just yeah. that throw, the fact that he was able to come back, to stay calm. That moment is never too big from him. The way the second half started, right. those three and outs, to make the big third down play, all of that in the face of, as you said, the line not necessarily giving him everything. But here's the thing. This team has a lot of other issues beyond the rookie quarterback. Right. And yet people are t- talking about changing out the rookie quarterback. Yeah, no, that, that's just a pundit that doesn't know what they're talking about. So if you've been around the game long enough, you kind of know that the game has to slow down. That's the biggest cliche out there, but that's exactly what has to happen for a quarterback because when you come out of that pocket and you're looking and you're staring down one wide receiver, there's a whole bunch of wide receivers. I saw uh, uh, one of the wide receivers run, Deontay. He had to run free on a post. 10 different times last night and he wasn't even looked at and then it looked like at some point the coach said look I don't care where you throw it but you're going to throw it to Deontay for the next three plays and then that's what he did that kind of stuff has to get out of his brain and he has to realize that he has to be able to find his open receiver in this amount of time and that takes practice and practice and practice and timing and knowing your your receivers with a guy like Pickens, you can just throw it in his general direction. It doesn't even have to be a good throw. He's yeah, going to catch but you it. You know? know what? So much about quarterback development is patience and good coaching. Look at Tua. Tua was supposedly a bust a year ago. Look at where he is now. I know. Jalen Hurts. 
he was supposedly a bust. Look at where he is now. And forget, that was forget, a myth. forget Jalen Hurts and Tua. What yeah. about Geno Smith? Yeah. What is Geno Smith doing in year 10 of his career? All of a sudden, finally getting an opportunity. And I happen to know this. Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph are both being told, look at Geno Smith. This is not the end. No, Even though not. fans no. are sitting here ready to. Not. But, okay, before we talk about, I, obviously we started down this path of the offense, but I really want to talk about the defense. Because Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. I have to tell you, the defense is really the greatest disappointment to me. Mm. You don't and hear this is much. your area of expertise. You don't hear that much. You really? Know. You know, a week ago no. we were talking about Kenny Pickett and this defense, the highest paid defense in the NFL, gave up 37 points to a team that didn't have Jamar Chase or Joe Mixon. Yeah, Watt was, I, I think he made two or three tackles last night, but he made the play that could have ended the game. He tipped that pass, but it was caught, so they got the first down. But, again, they had to, you know, stop him on fourth down again. But, yeah, when they run – against the Steelers defense, I, I'm not, that's something I'm not familiar with. Nobody ran on us in the 80s. How much of this was bad. mindset? I, I, I think it's scheme, and I think it's talent. I think it's scheme and talent. I, I just, I think the scheme sometimes, what I see guys doing is hitting gaps, and I'll see some guys who are so-called playmakers jumping around blocks or whatever, trying to make a big play, and every now and then they'll make a big play, but every now and then they get blocked. And then you get a play that should have gone for two or three yards, going for seven, eight, ten, fifteen. And I'm just like, I don't know how you can just sit there and just allow that to happen, play after play after play. The other thing is, I need to see a linebacker come up and rock somebody, like just absolutely come up and just rock somebody. And you don't see that. You see guys reaching and grabbing and tugging and whatever. What's all this grabbing and tugging going on here? <laughs> hit somebody. Now, some what? of that is the rules, right? You can't sure. hit anybody with your head. Right? Because we stick our head in there in a minute back in the 80s, which is why I am the way I am right now. <laughs> However, you can stick a shoulder in there from what I hear, right? Rock somebody. And somebody just got to take one to the team. My bad. I didn't mean it. But he was running up here. This is interior line. He ducked his head. What else was I supposed to do? You know? Why is this so much 
part of the Steelers' identity? Why is it necessary that the Steelers seem to be, need to be, one of the toughest, most physical teams in the NFL? Just the way we are, the town. The town represents that. You know, Steel City, you're talking about where they made steel and iron and hardcore and smoke and dust and I remember when I first started playing golf at the club that I, I play at, you'd walk around up there and there's a steel mill in Weirton that would be blowing off this stuff. You'd finish the, the day and you'd have like black socks. You'd have start off with white socks and they'd be black from the dust coming from the, the plant and stuff. I mean, this is hardcore, hard-nosed people playing in cold weather, raw, wind coming off of the rivers. That's what stealing football is all about. And in order to play that, you can't be nicey-nice. The weather's too cold for you to be nicey-nice. you got to warm up, so you got to knock somebody out. So when you think about certain franchises that have an identity that carries from coach to coach, from decade to decade, mm. this is what a team represents. And the Steelers clearly have kind of gone away from some of that recently. They're not, you, the Steelers, in my mind, are a team that hit harder than anybody else, that don't let you run on them no matter what, and that can run the ball down your throat. That has not necessarily been the Steelers the last little bit. No. You, as part of the tradition that created that, am I wrong or am I right in saying this is what the Steelers are supposed to be? I think you nailed it. Okay. So you, having been a part of it, when you see the club, the franchise, the organization not necessarily doing that right now, what does it do to you? Uh, (laughs) I give you a phrase that my mother tells us all the time. It gives me the (laughs) all-overs. The all-overs. Every mother knows what the all-overs are. I know you know what this is. Your kids give you the all-overers <laughs> sometimes, don't they, Aditi? That's they the feeling I get when I watch my team get out there and they're not physical at the point of attack and they're not knocking people off the ball and they're not moving guys out of the way and you don't see a running back run over somebody. But the guys are playing hard and it's there. I mean, you got a big physical running back. He keeps getting nicked up this year, but he's the guy that can do that. The other thing is is talent. I don't think they have as much talent where they need to have it in the places that they need to have in order to be the kind of team that they were. Such as? I think they're they're lacking in the linebacker department. I think they're lacking on the offensive line department. I mean, they ran a play. Now, schematically, you can overcome some of that by execution, right? They ran a stretch play last night, and I was like, whoa, where did that come from? I haven't seen a stretch play, and the running back cut back and gained 8, 10 yards. I'm like, we can run that did not see it the rest of the night. Sequencing of play calling on offense is strategic. These premium play callers all are like head coaches in the NFL and they all still call their own plays. I wonder why that is, Aditi. That's because they don't want to relinquish their job to someone else to be calling these plays. These guys are so good at what they do, they've got the head coaching job of, oh, I'm going to call my plays. And so they know in their minds what they need to do to set a team up to throw this play or that play or whatever. And they're highly successful at it. Well, not everyone is. I'll tell you this. Nick Sirianni started by calling plays, and then he finally realized, you know what? If I'm going to give my full attention to this entire team, Mm -hmm. if I am to be the CEO of the whole entire team, then I need to relinquish the play-calling duties to Shane Steichen. Yeah, sometimes you get, the, you get the political position that you have to, okay, I need to assume this reign, but, I, you know, you, you don't have that at Kansas City, even though Eric Bieniemy is supposedly the play-caller, but I, I don't I mean, know. I think everything Mike, has to go by. Look at what Mike McDaniel is doing in Miami, where, by the way, he never called plays before now, before yeah. he became a head coach. He was only doing it in his head 
Since 2008. He said in 2008, right. Kyle Shanahan got the play calling duties. He knew that Kyle was really good at it. He probably wasn't going to do it, so he took all those mental reps. So I'm, I'm telling you, it's it's. But this, we know this in Pittsburgh. This is what Mike Tomlin is doing with the defense, right? And I just, you know, I'm. As much as we call this Terrell Austin's defense, or we try to say that Brian Flores has X, Y, and Z input, this is Mike Tomlin's defense. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know enough about what's going on in the inner workings to know whether it's Mike Thomas' defense or whatever. He I know he has some some brains on the defensive side of the ball that can really run a defense. I just I think it's talent laden. I think they play well from time to time. You think about think about some of the plays that they could have made. Sure, but wait, and didn't be, make. okay. But before you go there, I want to go back to this. Part of life is evolving. Whatever. With the times, it's changing, it's recognizing what needs to change. However, we're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers having a very, very specific identity. An identity that was established in the 1970s that you carried on in the 80s, that went through the 90s, the early 2000s. Is it vital that the Steelers stick with that? Is it necessary that the Steelers always be known as one of the three most physical teams in the National Football League, always be known as that team that you can't run on. Is that very specific to what this club stands for? Or, you know, if they're going to spread it out and throw for 400 yards, you know, give up 30 but score 37 every week. Well, I think offensively, I think they evolved during the Ben Roethlisberger era in that you had a premium passer. So you got away from the three yards and a cloud of dust, and we're going to sling it all over the place. So when B.A. was here, that's kind of what they started doing, you know, because Ben could sling it, as we well know, to right. his last day, right? So we changed a little bit there. But as far as – but look at those defenses that Ben had yes. during his great years. You did not want to play against those guys. I think one year it was so ridiculous. They were number one in, like, what, 30, 40 categories <laughs> or whatever? <laughs> yeah. That's what we're used to here in right. Pittsburgh. And, and then look at the talent. I keep going back to that, but look at the talent that they had at every level of that defense. Look at that, those defensive fronts. Look at those linebackers. Yeah, the 300-pound linebacker, they could run like four, five, four, six and run with it. I mean, that was craziness. You had, you had premium outside rushers. You know, you had staunch defensive guys like in the middle and stuff. And then you had pretty good cornerbacks. We would always complain about them, but nobody would score enough points to beat them. You know, so yeah, I think you can win with a great defense. You can't always win with a great offense and not have enough defense. So you can't outscore. Kansas City runs into that sometimes, right? You know, they've they've stiffened up their defense, but everybody were Buffalo I as still, good as they you know, are offensively. Yeah, you know? I ha- I have this argument with everybody. I still are we arguing? Is that no, what we're no, 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 no. I'm just saying in general. Defense wins championships. Absolutely. Period. Absolutely. You never get away from that. It's just like you pass to score, you run to win. These totally are truisms agree. about the game of football. Right. What used to kill me during the Bill Cowher era, well, not the Bill Cowher era, but when he would when he would be on the game, the Steelers would get a lead, and they just suck the life out of the stadium, just completely take all the life out of the stadium. Nowadays, you know, you're like. Oh, please get a first down. Please, somebody get a first down so that we can, so we, you know, we had Jerome Bettis, we're crying out loud. <laughs> Give it to the bus, take all the life out of it, run the clock out, see you later. We win 17 12. Okay, so a little super side note. I told you I do this podcast with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. And we asked a bunch of Hall of Fame running backs. 
for the best nickname amongst Hall of Fame running backs. Uniformly, the bus one. Really? Yeah. Even over sweetness. I would think sweetness would have been in there, yeah. Nah, everybody liked the bus. What? More than the edge, more than sweetness. I don't disagree. (laughs) All right. On that note, Edmund Nelson, we will come back after this break. We are live at Minio's Pizza, the best pizza in Pittsburgh, in Allison Park, where the restaurant suddenly got really quiet. Do you all disagree with me? Isn't it the best pizza in Pittsburgh? There it is. There it is. We are indeed live at Minio's Pizza in Allison Park. And do I get to tell a little bit story, a little short story about Mr. Jim over there? Jim Stoss. Absolutely. Is that what we said? I don't know if I said his last name correctly. But Mr. Jim comes in. Hi, Mr. Jim. Comes in. He's not paying attention to us because he's he's loving his pizza. His pizza's pretty good. (laughs) His pizza. Is that making you wish you had some pizza right now? Look at him enjoying that right there. Stop it. I'm trying to be good. Mr. Jim is one of our most loyal listeners. He comes in to Minio's in Allison Park, usually with his daughter. His daughter is not with him today. Comes in every single week. And every single week, he has a printed photograph of the athlete who is sitting next to me. And this week, I actually threw him for a loop because I didn't announce that you were joining me. So he'll probably come back. But in any case, he comes in every single week with a photograph. He has the Steelers player autograph the photo and then takes a photo with of him and the Steelers player holding the autograph photo. Last week he comes in. Our guest is the fabulous Robert Spillane and his beautiful and brilliant fiance and he shows Robert Spillane a photograph of him in that exact same pose with Robert's grandfather. That's crazy. Heisman Trophy winner. That is crazy. And now he has given me this photo to give to Robert. He brought that photo to Robert so he could have it of him and Robert's grandfather. And now Robert can put this photo up next to the photo of Mr. Jim and his grandfather. I just want to see his fan room because I know it's unbelievable. Probably. Yeah, we have, we have to work be. our way to get an invite to Mr. Jim, who's ignoring us because he's, he's eating his pizza. <laughs> <laughs> he's nodding. Maybe he'll invite us over if we're interesting enough. It's we'll our see. Hope. Yeah, we can only hope. Okay, tell us your favorite Chuck Knoll story. When people say, okay, what was Chuck Knoll really like? So, Chuck is, uh, we have one of those uh, things, the inverted bed where you hang upside down and whatever, and you loosen up your back and your neck or whatever. So we got one, right? They were brand new. And Chuck goes in there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I don't even know if I want to know where this is going, but okay. (laughs) He He gets on it, right? No one's in there. And he gets stuck. And so it's meeting time or something whenever. Everybody's looking around, where's Chuck? Where's Chuck? Where's Chuck? (laughs) Chuck. Somebody went in there. He was all red, hanging upside down, flailing, trying to get the thing right side up. He was stuck. The poor guy. <laughs> you know, and everybody, because with Chuck, you know, you didn't laugh around Chuck. Like, and you didn't laugh at Chuck. There was no laughing at Chuck. <laughs> and we were all- what about with? Was Chuck laughing? <laughs> Chuck was not laughing. Oh, no. <laughs> he poor was Coach trying to Noel, breathe. He was <laughs> Okay, so this is when Coach Noel was what, like in his 60s? Could have been, yeah. I think he would have been in his 60s. Yeah, that was. Oh, poor guy. And he was stuck. Unfortunately, yes. All right, what is one thing about Coach Noel's coaching and teaching that would still translate today? He's all about the basics. 
all about fundamentally line up. One of the first drills we had, the first drill we had when we got to camp was Oklahoma. And all it is is mono mono line up, put a running back back there, you block him, you get you get past him, you get to the to the back, you make the tackle. Okay, so that's still one of my favorite drills. Is that a statement on me? Like is that a bad statement on me that I still love that drill? It says that you're old school, which I, I love. <laughs> <laughs> is I old school better that. than old? I don't know how that goes. I think they kinda of go hand in hand, but you know what? You can't beat it. I mean, those guys had four Super Bowls, so What's wrong with being old school if they got four rings? What was the, what was a challenge in playing for Coach Null? You know, Chuck gave you the freedom to do what you needed to do, but you couldn't. You were so on edge trying not to mess up. I'll give you an example. We're playing Houston in a preseason game, and I get to go against the great Earl Campbell. Okay. So... Earl's in there. I actually, Earl comes in our locker room. He's talking to Lambert, whatever. You know, it's a different time, whatever. So I go up. I say, this hey, is Mr. Campbell. Game. This is pregame. He's okay. in the locker room. I go up and say, hey, Mr. Campbell, whatever. And Lambert looks at me. Oh, Edmund Earl Campbell. <laughs> I say, you know, this has nothing to do with me being afraid of Earl Campbell. I just, I watched him, you know, when yep. he was at the University of Texas, whatever. We get out in the game, and here comes my shot. Earl gets the ball, and he's coming right towards me. And I got him. I defeat my block. I got him one-on-one. It's me and Earl, me and Earl. I'm looking at him. So I did everything wrong. I closed my eyes. I ducked my head. And I lunge at him because I'm going to knock Earl Campbell out. And he hops over me. And, and he runs down and gets about 15 yards. And as I'm rolling over, thinking, where did Earl go? I roll and I look at the sidelines. And Chuck is standing there with this look of complete and utter disgust. And I'm sitting there like, as I'm rolling over and laying on the turf, I'm like, you know what? I'm cut for sure. But he saw something in me. He kept me around for a while. Well, to be fair, Earl Campbell is a Hall of Famer, one of the all-time best running backs ever. And unfortunately, here is how old, old school I am. My very first job was as a newspaper writer in San Antonio. And Earl Campbell's son, Christian, was a wide receiver at Austin Westlake High School when I was down in uh, San Antonio, Texas. Wow. And poor Earl was in a wheelchair yeah. at the time. Yeah. He does not at all look like the man that... No. You know, you look no. at Jim Brown today, and you could see, and even though Jim Brown is as Many years as have passed, as stooped as Jim Brown is, you could see that Jim Brown once ran over people. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, I was with uh, Joe Green uh, last week or so when he was uh, he and some alumni were here, and he's you know he's an old Joe Green. You but know. he's still as big as can be, and His he can hands still try to so intimidate. Big, it's like <laughs> no way, I don't want to mess with him now, and he's in his seventies. So Joe Green at the Hall of Fame induction this summer tried to pull a James Harrison on me, which is just intimidate me by sheer. No, Joe, Joe would never do anything. <laughs> That's not the Joe I, I mean, know. He was just doing this, and let me tell you, it took a few years with James Harrison, and now James tries it on me, and I say, James, that won't work. <laughs> but Joe Green, he got me a little nervous. I got a little bit sweaty. <laughs> yeah, that, that guy was something else. Boy. I mean, you know, the speed, the quickness, the power, all in one package, and the leadership. Like, he was all, like, that's what I talk about when I'm talking about talent. We got a guy like that. 
Never got like that. Cam, Cam Hayward. Hayward. Is a guy like I that. knew it. Okay, so everybody says it that Cam Hayward is a guy who could have played in the Cower era. Cam Hayward is a guy who could have played in the Knoll era. Cam yeah. Hayward clearly is a guy that plays in the Mike Tomlin era. Give me another one. And that that's the that's the the thing about transcendent athletes that can play in any era. Troy Polamalu was a guy like that. You know, he could have played in any era. Another guy on guy the team, oh, Watt, is another guy that could have played in any era. He needs to stay a little bit more healthy, but yeah. you can tell he's got I'm a all little concerned about him. I didn't like the way he looked yesterday, I'll uh, be honest. It seemed like something was bothering him, didn't it? Like he was a little yeah. hobbled or maybe a step slow. And that's just what happens during the year. You get banged up and, you know, certain games you just can't be at your best. He was close all day, but normally close is not good enough for him. All right, hot seat right now. Tell me a guy throughout the entire NFL right now. You'd love to play next to. Ooh, that's a Any good one. Any team, anywhere. That is a good one. I would love to play in Kansas City. I would love to play in an they atmosphere where you have a trend. It's not about the defense. It's about watching that guy play quarterback. You don't see guys that can play the position as good as he can all the time. I got to see Brady. I thought he was fantastic. I always thought that Ben was so much better than what they came out with as far as the number of Super Bowls. I thought during that era, Steelers should have won one in New England win one. Steelers, like you, they should never have been able to come in here and win. And turns out they cheated, but they did. But so, so what? But, I mean, to see that guy play on a day-to-day basis and to see him practice or whatever, I would love to see that on a daily basis just to see because it just, it just comes right off the field. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.